Hello. Hi, listeners. Hey, everybody. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And this is the 13th Floor Podcast, where we talk about all things strange. And weird. And weird. (laughs) Sometimes uncomfortable. (laughs) Those are synonyms, I believe, so I didn't help describe anything else. No, you didn't, but... (laughs) But I appreciate the input. Well, I tried. Yes, you did. <laughs> Valiant effort. But But it's not getting too weird today. No, or is it's not. It? Oh, yeah, maybe it maybe it is. I don't know. I guess the listeners can decide. Oh man, this is a big one. Yeah. Today we are talking about the moon landing. Was it real or was it fake? I guess it's safe to say that along with the Kennedy assassination. This is probably one of the biggest widely accepted. Well, I would say that. I'd say it's probably the most popular uh, conspiracy theory, at least. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, that and JFK. I would say pro- are probably the most widely accepted conspiracy theories. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, oh, we're gonna get we're gonna dig into it and see if explore some facts or. Theories, I guess, might open some people's eyes one way or the other. Yes. Oh. Do you have a question for us? Oh, man. I completely forgot <laughs> about my question. About your icebreaker? I forgot all about my icebreaker. Uh, all right, James and Cece. What did you want to be when you were a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little kid? Oh, I can answer that immediately. Really? Me too. I can't even, I can't even think of anything. I wanted to be a mailman or a mailwoman, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was just like the coolest thing ever. I loved our mailman growing up and I was like, you know what? Walking all day sounds sounds like fun. Delivering things to people, I like it. So that's what I wanted to do. I obviously didn't do it because I'm not a mailman today, but huh. it would yeah, not that was be, my dream. It would not be that lofty of a goal. You could live the dream. I couldn't live the dream if I <laughs> wanted. I could still you get could. into it. But then it's like, you you know, you go to the post office and they seem so miserable. That's true. Yeah, but, you know, we we got a pretty nice male guy that comes over to our office. He seems pretty happy. I hear some, <laughs> of, the, I hear some of them get paid pretty well. I despise my mail carrier because I ordered those bees <laughs> and she didn't deliver them and they died because of her. Oh my oh, gosh! Oh, now is that her fault or is that like really just... her fault? That was, she just didn't want to deliver them because she was scared of a box that was going. <laughs> so she just left it at the post office. <laughs> didn't didn't tell me. Oh uh, well, that's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> James. Um, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. What did you want to be you. when you were little? Well, turns out you picked the best episode to ask that question because I wanted to be an astronaut. And I, I mean, Ooh, like a lot oh. of kids want to be astronauts. I devoured so many books when I was little because, I mean, I was committed. Like <laughs> I read Sally K. Ride's autobiography. Uh, I mean, I, I like if you'd asked me anything about astronauts, I could have just told you like off the cuff. Wow. Yeah, could you was, still tell us off the cuff? Yeah. Sure, weird stuff like uh, they had to sleep in hammocks because you know if you fall asleep and you're in zero g, you just wake up in random places because you're floating around. Because <laughs> you're uh, floating around, yeah. <laughs> stuff like so that. you're saying being an astronaut is not much different from being a drunk. <laughs> yeah. You just wake up in random places. <laughs> it's remarkably similar. Yeah, 
man. Well, why did you why did you decide to not pursue becoming an astronaut, James? Uh, a lot of it was, you know, I thought it was one of those things where you just like go to NASA and you're like, astronaut me, please. But it turns out you, you're really supposed to join the Air Force. That's kind of a segue, and I never really had any desire to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you wanted to do it today, you'd probably just have to work from the command that's command true. center. What I wanted, though, is I wanted that. to be in space. Like, that's even now, like that Mars program that they're talking about. Like, me and my brother in law were arguing about that because it was like, it's a one-way trip. You're going to die. I was like, yeah, but everybody dies. I would get to die on Mars. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, my name gets to be etched into history. Exactly. <laughs> Man, I, I didn't really have anything. So I've got this weird thing where oh, I can't remember a lot of like when I was younger. Oh. I just like, like I remember like here, like things like, going on like vacations that I went somewhere but that kind of stuff I don't really remember it you can't remember mm. what you wanted to be I at all I cannot at all remember just what I wanted to be just make something up then <laughs> well I mean I either wanted to be like a, a superhero <laughs> hey, that's you know? something the lofty dreams yeah, uh, just like all of us I don't th- and just like you all I did not do that yeah <laughs> Uh, a lot of kids who want to be superheroes, they jump off roofs and stuff. Do you ever do that? I, I did a lot, all kinds of stuff. Well, jumping the reason around. I ask is it would explain the missing pieces of your memory from childhood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do remember that I did like to jump around. I remember even in high school, I was jumping bikes off of ramps. I should not have been jumping bikes oh. off. Of I could see you doing that. <laughs> I used to climb trees and get stuck in trees. That was a pretty common thing for me. Mm. But I didn't jump out of trees. I just, so what'd you do? You just yell for help and fireman came over and <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I had an amazing neighbor named Mr. Cobb and he helped me out of a tree more than once. Oh but anyways, are you guys ready to talk about the moon? I yep. am. I'm, I'm actually really, you know, when we first got this topic, I wasn't thrilled. But I'm I, after reading about this, this was super exciting. Yeah, when I when we got the topic, I and, think that I was more overwhelmed than anything just because it is such a commonly known conspiracy theory there's a lot of pressure yeah there's a lot this of pressure. is like one of the few that people actually really know about this is yeah. the one that people get like threats about like you say it's yeah. fake and then some some skeptic like threatens you you say it's real and some conspiracy theorist threatens you it's people well, see, are very emotionally well, invested in this one yeah and we're gonna appease everybody because <laughs> We're going to be doing all kinds of different viewpoints. Yes. I am going to be talking about just the general history of the moon landing. Mm. Oh, I'm not second. So it's James. James is going. What are you covering, James? I'm going to be talking about why it's fake. I'm going to be talking why all this hoax stuff is BS. It's real. Yes. So we're all (laughs) taking different stances. So I guess I guess I should start out. I'm just going to give, I'm basically, I'm just going to give you the, uh, the history book, uh, rundown of the moon landing and what happened. Are you guys ready? Let's hear about it. I mean, and James, since you are apparently a, um, space wizard, you (laughs) know everything there is to know about space. If I say something that doesn't seem accurate, feel free to, to hop in at any point because I am by no means an expert. I have researched the topic and I feel comfortable talking about it, but now if it was about male, 
she would be all yeah. If it was about it. if it was about delivering packages, <laughs> I would be I would be there. I would be the expert. Okay, so um, I'll start out with my sources. I used an article from Universe Today, NASA, History.com, and our favorite, of course, Wikipedia or Old Standby. Got some some information from there. So, man first stepped foot on the moon on July 20th, 1969. A great year for history. Commander Neil Armstrong was the first person off the Apollo lunar module, and he said his famous words, which almost everybody knows nowadays, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Mm. He actually said one small step for a man, but apparently you couldn't hear him say a in the televised recording. It sounded better that way anyway. Yeah. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's actually like a really cool factoid that we just kind of glanced over. That's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty I, nifty. You know, that's a... If you had told me it hadn't cut out, I would have been convinced it was a Bernstein Bears moment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a Mandela effect. Before we get in the nitty gritty of what the moon landing entailed, let's just go back to the very beginning and kind of give this endeavor a little background. Give it a little color, if you will. So, what was the atmosphere like? In 1969. So late 1950s, 1960s, the United States and Soviet Union were at each other's throats in the Cold War. Sure were. Lots of tension, you know, Cold War stuff. In October 1957, the Soviet Union successfully launched the first artificial satellite into space, Sputnik 1. Ooh, Soviets got the... Well, I just, I just want us to take a moment. And okay. just reflect upon the cinematic masterpiece. Oh boy! That was October Sky. <laughs> Every time I hear Sputnik, I think of that movie. It was a great movie. Yeah, was it's that a, about Sputnik One? It, well, no, it wasn't about Sputnik One, but it was about. Well, no, it wasn't about Sputnik One, but wasn't okay. Whatever. Sputnik One was what spurred Homer to want to escape his life in the coal mines and explore space. Got the black lung pop. I'm, I'm, I'm going to build a rocket. <laughs> Anyways, enough about October Sky. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If you've seen it, tell us how many times. Because if you're anything like oh me, you probably 50 times in middle school. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> That's one of those go-to, I'm not going to do anything, teacher movies. Yeah. You guys know why it's called October Sky? No. Why? Because the firework was in October. Well... You know, rocket. Sputnik launched in October, but the book that it's based on is called Rocket Boys. And if you rearrange the letters, it spells October Sky. What? Yeah. So, someone spent way too much time trying to figure that out. <laughs> I imagine That's the awesome, director though. admitted it, or at least I'd like to think. It'd be really weird <laughs> if somebody would just decoded it. But it would be funny know. if James was just the one to figure out that. Yeah. You could rearrange the letters, and this is just his own personal conspiracy theory. (laughs) Anyway, launch of Sputnik sent the United States into a frenzy, understandably so, um, because it showed the technological prowess of the Soviet Union. So, I mean, if they can launch a a satellite into orbit, who's to say they can't shoot a nuclear bomb at the United States at any moment? It's it's, it's not a leap in logic to think that that's possible. Yeah, so uh, the United States was understandably in a frenzy. And with the launch of Sputnik, so began what has now been dubbed the space race. Oh, what a cool time. Yeah, the space race. That's pretty cool and it's fun to say. It's pretty cool. It's kind of be interesting to see to have been alive during that time. Yeah. Yes. There'll probably be another one soon. The Mars race? 
Something like that. I'm thinking it's just, right. and it's just like, e- it's just Elon versus the government. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the minute people realize how, like, when it becomes practical to mine asteroids, people are going to go nuts to try and get to it. It's going to be like the gold rush. Yeah, because I mean, think about that. If you're like the first person to to actually be able to do that, that's it. Overnight, you're 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 going to be a trillionaire. You're going to be the first trillionaire if you manage to do that. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. You won the game. You're like Genghis Khan of the 21st century. So you're telling me, James, that this is your new life endeavor. Yep, it is. Now that I'm talking about it out loud, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is something <laughs> I need to do. <laughs> I'm a genius. Okay, so the space race was essentially a competition between the United States and Soviets to dominate, to dominate, to dominate in space exploration. So they both wanted to show that they were number one in space flight realm. So, in 1958, President Eisenhower established the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, a.k.a. NASA. Hmm. So, they've only been around since 1958, which I guess shouldn't surprise me, but it does. Like, I feel like they've been around so much longer. I mean, they have, because they've been preventing people from finding out about Flat Earth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, NASA was formed with the goal of launching an American into Earth's orbit, but... Womp womp. The Soviets beat us to it. Yeah. Which sent the United States into another frenzy. So in 1961, the Soviet Union sent cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin into space. He was the first man in space ever, and he was the first man to orbit Earth. What a lucky guy. Yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. He, he, um, well, I won't go into I won't go into that. It's depressing. But you talk about how he died of <laughs> yeah, radiation. Yeah. I'm sure. No, he didn't. He really? was actually in a jet crash. I think it was a plane crash. Oh, what a way to go out! You make it back from space and you die. Well, there is <laughs> there is a pin that is up on the moon right now in remembrance of all of the fallen cosmonauts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty cool. But uh, America did quickly catch up with the Soviets with getting somebody into space. Just a month after Yuri went into space, American Alan Shepard was sent into space. What a hero. Sure. An American hero. Oh, second best. No one remembers that guy. Well, I remember him. (laughs) And if you're listening to this podcast, you ought to take a second and store his name in your memory castle and never forget. Memory castle. Man. Alan Shepard. Yeah. He walked on the moon, just not, you know, early on. It was like 71. When he did? Yeah, I think that the the moon landings all occurred between 1969 and 1972. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but but I think America's had six different missions where somebody's been on the moon, but yeah. the first one's the one that we're talking about about right now. Okay, so that same year, 1961, President John F. Kennedy announced that America had a goal to get a man on the moon by the end of the decade. Lofty goal. Lofty yeah. goal, and NASA cut it pretty close. So that was in 1961. In 1969, that is when America's heroes landed on the moon. So let me see. Let me catch. Let me catch myself up my notes. Yeah. While you're doing that, I'll I'll throw out this little tidbit of knowledge. Alan Shepard was a rear admiral, but at one point he was a commander, which meant that he was Commander Shepard. And uh. yeah, and I mean, actually, no joke, Alex. That's literally why. That's where that comes from. Oh, you know what? That I have read that before. Can yeah. you can you um, yeah, you gotta catch lay it out for everybody on... else. In our alien episode I was talking about the Asari and it was a reference to Mass Effect, the video game series. Well, the protagonist of the series, his name is Commander Shepard. And he's named after 
Alan Shepard. Oh, see? Alex, yeah. he's bigger than you think. Huh? He's inspiring. So the mission that landed the first person on the moon was Apollo 11. Hmm. It was a very complicated mission involving a space rendezvous, which is basically when two spacecrafts travel through space and meet up. Mm-hmm. So it was very complicated. If you just stop stop for a second and think about how much work and planning and calculation has to go into making that happen up in space. Yeah, because yeah, everything's spinning so fast. Well, yeah, everything's spinning so fast. Uh, unrealistic that they don't. <laughs> yeah, unrealistic. Um, I mean, if you've seen the movie, uh, I mean, if you've seen the movie Gravity, uh, it's a pretty good depiction of how quick things move, though, in space. Yeah, they're they're like bullets. Yeah, all that all that debris and trash is. And then landing on the moon was also very difficult, which I'll get into in a second. But um, in the case of Apollo Eleven, the two two pieces of or I guess two spacecraft that had to meet were nicknamed Columbia, which was the command module, and a lunar module nicknamed Eagle. So when uh, when they did touch down on the moon surface with the Eagle, that's oh. when uh, yeah Armstrong said the Eagle has landed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, pretty nifty. But there were several Apollo missions before eleven that uh, basically maybe ten missions before. <laughs> Boy, (laughs) they tested and enhanced the technology to make sure that everything would be a great success for Apollo 11. But there was also a catastrophic Apollo 1 uh, simulation that claimed three astronaut lives, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger B. Chaffee. I just want to mention their names because they are also American heroes. And God rest their souls. Um, That was in 1967. So it wasn't that far before we actually made it to the moon. Oh, wow. Yeah, they ran a lot of them in just a, two years. Yes, it was very quick. And they, they after that happened, they stopped for a little while to kind of collect themselves. This is a tragedy, but just two years later, they're people on the moon. So on July 16th, 1969, Apollo 11 was sent into space. <laughs> <laughs> and an estimated 1 million people traveled to and around the Kennedy Space Center and in Merritt Island, Florida, to watch the rocket take off, which is a lot of people. Yeah. If you really stop and think about it, a million people. That is cool. The launch was also televised with an estimated 25 million spectators watching from the comfort of their own homes. The Apollo 11 crew consisted of, it was just three people Neil Armstrong, Commander Neil Armstrong, basically a household name. If you've never heard of Neil Armstrong, you're crazy. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin, same. And then Michael Collins. Who was a? I guess I don't know. Is he a little less less known? I would say Michael so. Collins. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He he didn't actually step foot on the moon. He remained in the command module that rendezvoused with the lunar module. Oh, that's why nobody knows him. Yeah, well, people know him, but <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it took them four days of travel and uh, to get to the moon. On July twentieth, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin boarded the Eagle lunar module and made their way down to the moon's surface. So it was not the easiest of tasks to get there. I was reading the transcript between uh, command here on Earth and Aldrin and Armstrong as they were trying to land this thing. And there were, it seemed like a very scary moment. Oh, yeah. Because there were lots of, they were going too fast. And there were all of these, like, basically their computer was like error, error, but... A lot of them were false errors, I believe, fortunately, but they ended up landing it. And he kind of, I think it said that Armstrong had to take semi-automatic control of the 
module. Oh. But wow. it was a very nerve-wracking moment for everyone on board. This is making me want to watch First Man. I haven't watched that yet. I haven't. I, I don't know awesome. what you're talking about. It's a, Makes me want to watch Apollo it, 13. Uh, I would want to watch the movie about the people that actually make it. Hey, hey, <laughs> guess what? Apollo 13 made it safe back home. Yeah, yeah. But... Anyways, I'm not going to get too too into the craziness that happened as they were landing the module. So take a look online. You can find lots of really cool resources about it to, to see kind of really put it in perspective how crazy it was. So anyhow, about three hours after landing on the moon's surface in the module, the astronauts were ready to take a walk outside the module. NASA actually told them that they needed to rest for five hours before they could get out of the module. But they were like, we can't sleep. Yeah, right. Screw that. So they had to um, they had to get all of their stuff ready because there was a lot of like equipment that they needed and they had checklists and all these things that they had to get ready and it took them about three hours to get all that stuff together before they could get off and walk around on the moon. Can you imagine how excited they were getting all that stuff ready? It was probably killing them not just to crack that door yeah. and just hop out. <laughs> before they walked, though, fun fact: Buzz Aldrin took communion on the moon. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. that was pretty nifty. Yeah, he had a little container thing for it, and his priest talked to him via uh, uh, Houston control. Yep. That's I cool. I think it's pretty nifty. Uh, Neil Armstrong was first out of the lunar module, though. And I read that he actually had some trouble getting out of the hatch just because of all the equipment that he had, which would have probably been terrifying. <laughs> if it's like you get all the way up to the moon, and it's like, oh, crap, the hole's not big enough. We can't get out. <laughs> it would have been amazing if the first step for uh, <laughs> the first step on the moon uh, was actually just a giant butt print because he fell down. <laughs> oh, man. He, well, he got out, fortunately. Also, I thought this was interesting. Some of the highest heart rates recorded from any of the Apollo missions were for Aldrin and Armstrong as they were getting off and then back onto the module. Wow. Yeah. Can't blame them. Not too surprising, I guess. They are on an... The moon? Yeah, they're on the moon. Did you almost say they're a planet? No, I was going to say <laughs> an entirely... De- whatever. Whatever. Amazingly, the moonwalk was televised. Yes. Which, if you stop and think about it, it was 1969. They had a live feed from the freaking moon. How amazing is that? Don't you mean just a studio lot over in... Yeah, exactly. Alex, Alex I'm sorry. Are you supposed to be arguing why it was real? <laughs> Just Anyways, but I think I think that it's crazy. <laughs> it is, if real, but it is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, having worked in news previously myself, I know how easy it is to totally screw up a uh, a live shot. And they're recording from the moon. There were times mm-hmm. where I couldn't couldn't have my crew record from the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Yeah, they did it for like what? It was a two and a half hour broadcast, I believe. I can't remember how long it was, but I think it was a two and a half hour broadcast. It was a there were six million or six hundred million people around the world that watched it. Which I mean, if I had been around at that time I would have been watching it too. Pretty amazing. Yeah. But not so wonderful, you guys. The original recordings were likely destroyed during quote routine magnetic tape reuse at NASA. Yep. yep. Of course. Fishy. Fishy, right? Or is it? Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like you would want to preserve those precious pieces of history. Well, but maybe, maybe they have a reasoning. Maybe not. Maybe we'll find out here. They just needed to reuse that tape. But Armstrong and Aldrin were on the moon outside the Apollo lunar module for about two two hours, 15 minutes. 
They described the moon's surface as, quote, very fine-grained and almost like powder, which if you look at the pictures, and it, it looks like it's a powder. Yeah, it does. They collected about 47.5 pounds of, quote, lunar materials, a.k.a. moon rocks, mm-hmm. soil samples. They planted a U.S. flag on the moon, which actually fell over when they left the moon. Really? Yeah, it fell over when they left the moon. Well, that's lame. Yeah, wow. I think that it was Aldrin said he looked outside the window as they were taking <laughs> off. And, <laughs> oh, man. And it fell How over. bad was he? But they also said back. that... <laughs> yeah, we gotta go back. <laughs> they said that that was also one of the most stressful things about being on the moon because they didn't want to mess that up in front of the world. They did not want that American flag to touch the surface of the moon. And there it is. And yeah, Touching it fell over, but I guess nobody saw it. On June 24th, the Apollo 11 crew made it back to Earth safe and sound with all of their moon loot. Moon loot. Moon, moon loot. loot. They, they splashed down in the Pacific Ocean and were picked up by the USS Hornet. They then had to go under quarantine for 21 days inside a 30-foot lunar uh, receiving laboratory. Uh, Why? Space flu? What is that? Yeah, space. No, it was space germs. I want to make sure there were no, because at the time they didn't know if there were, you know, any pathogens on the moon that could possibly. I mean, mean, it's not crazy. It's just shocking. Yeah, 21 days. And they, they have a picture of um, the president talking to them after they, I guess, in quarantine. And they're all just sitting at this little tiny yeah. window looking out. And it's like, man, it, they're, they're only in space for like, what, four days? No, I guess it was more like more like a week. Mm. But they're only in space for like a week. And then they have to go three weeks in a little 30-foot room together. Hm. Wild. Can you imagine how stinky it probably was? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's just a little bit about the what the history books say about the moon landing um as i mentioned earlier the u.s has been to the moon six times at least with with uh rovers and stuff no with men walking around on the moon they've had six missions where they've actually touched down on the moon um they, there have been more unmanned trips to the moon as well but six where they've touched down with their feet hmm and planted a U.S. Did anyone flag. Go, did anyone go fix the flag that they knocked over? No, but there are more flags up there now. I think there are five that are still standing is what I read. Huh. Of course, I guess you wouldn't want to go fix the flag because then you'd mess up all the footprints that the other guys did. Yeah, exactly. And you also, um, they also say that the, the flags up there <clears throat> probably are bleached white just because of the space conditions. And if you touched them, they might just disintegrate. Hmm. That makes sense. I mean... It's not no different than like you know the old movie stores where they had the the posters in the oh yeah and they're just and, and, they're just like and they're just bleach yellow <laughs> it's just as bleach you cannot even see what it is anymore so yeah that's just a little bit about the moon landing I did look up an article because I was like I wonder you know they've got these flags on the moon I wonder what else is up there and there's a lot of a lot of junk that's on the moon right now but according to an article by the Portalist. Some of the oddest things that are on the moon right now include lots of flags, obviously, lots of poo-poo, you guys. There's <laughs> lots of poop and pee, bags of it, on the moon. 96 Ew. bags. Yeah. 96 lo- bags? 96 bags is what it said in the article. <laughs> I, need, I, I mean, might- it looks like a giant litter box, so it's kind of fitting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it's crazy. So there's lots of litter. There are also like all the rovers and stuff. There's a Bible that was left by one of the astronauts. 
Um, there's also human remains. Oh, someone dropped the their moon. family's ashes on there, huh? No, uh, Eugene Shoemaker. He was a NASA legend, apparently. He had a really legendary career with NASA, and he passed away. I think it was a, a car accident in 1997. And so when they sent um, a rover up there, they took him up there too, which I thought was really Whoa. nice. I think that he trained to be an astronaut, but for some reason he couldn't actually go up into space. Mm. But he was apparently loved. The sad thing, though, is uh, if if you're buried on the moon, your ghost is trapped there forever. Oh, <laughs> with all of the uh, with all the lizard people, because you know what, what they say: the the moon is just a hollowed out. Oh yeah, yeah. it's their base. Yeah, it's the base for them for the lizard people. I wonder what they think about having nice six bags of poop on right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, one other thing is golf balls. Oh yeah, you gotta play golf in space. They play golf in space. So yeah, that that's basically all I have right now, James. Now you're about to to break down what I said and tell me why all of it is completely inaccurate, right? Yeah, I got I got four major arguments that that kind of call some suspicion on the whole moon thing. Let let's start off actually before the evidence. Whenever you're you're trying to like convict somebody or, or establish that something is fishy, the first thing you want is a motive. And there's plenty of motive here for it to be fake. I'm not saying evidence, I'm saying motive. Uh, all's fair in love and war, and we were terrified of the Russians. And you know, if, if the 20th century is any indication, America loves to make up stuff to overcome an enemy. I mean, we have done that numerous times. We've just made up stuff and everybody just accepts it. And then you look at it later and you're like, oh, that didn't actually happen. Uh, that was just to, you know, get an edge over somebody that we were scared was going to invade. Well, I mean, what what better argument? If, if Russia says they're in space, then, you know, what would be easier to do? Going to the moon or going to Southern California like they did for all the Star Trek episodes and just filming some dudes playing golf and then mailing it to Moscow. (laughs) Yep. That's one thing that when I was doing my research, I was like, well, all they have to do is say that they went to the moon and that's the end of the space race. So that's, that's one issue. And then uh, another issue is the Van Allen belt. That one, it, it, it confuses me actually, to be honest, as much as I've studied about space, I mean, uh, do you guys know what the Van Allen belt is? I'm going to explain it anyway, because, you know, the listeners. Yeah, I'm going to go in. I'm, I'm actually, I might have a rebuttal uh, regarding it, depending on what awesome. you say. Well, the Van Allen belt is an intense band of radiation that really a lot of people have argued is a barrier. Um, in fact, some people claim that if you were, you were flying, you know, out of the atmosphere and you struck it, it would be like hitting something solid. Um, so... The resistance would be so severe that it should be a barrier from escaping any point beyond it, according to to naysayers. And that what's strange about that is you don't actually hear about the tech used to overcome this obstacle. And that's very suspicious. It's almost like, again, it would be a lot easier to just go to like Sonoma Valley (laughs) instead of having to deal with that. Another thing that I find strange is the absence of stars in any of the pictures. And this is interesting because a lot of people in the world know stars. Like, they're really knowledgeable about stars. Like, you, you show them a picture of the night sky, and they're like, oh, that was, that was taken January 11th in Australia. 
because like they know the position of stars. Well, how convenient that there were no stars in the night sky during the vast, vast, vast majority of these missions. And then nobody can say, hey, wait a minute, look at those stars. That was taken in Sonoma Valley in 1969 in October <laughs> or whatever. Um, so that's that's weird. Another thing that I find peculiar are just issues with the photos themselves. You've got a lot of weird exposure. You've got a lot of weird light spots. You've got things that, that would be extremely explainable if they were making a movie, you know, kind of like the, the boom mics, you know. But... It doesn't make a lot of sense if it's one dude. A great example of this would be the height of some of these photos. Some of these photos are taken from from altitudes where it's like you're saying that one of the astronauts took this picture. Um, so that's weird. Super weird, in fact. But the one that gets me the most, the thing that, I mean, this is really the the thing that creeps me out. Like, I'm, I'm by the way, I, I do think that the moon landing happened. But this is the thing that, like, when I actually think about it, I start getting concerned. <laughs> and that is <laughs> the absence of things. Uh, two, two things that are absent that weirds me out. The first is footage. Uh, the footage is gone. There's, there's no original footage because of accidents. Little, tiny, oh, oops. Uh, you know that thing that's super important, oops. It would be like finding out that the Constitution, like we don't have an original copy of it, because one day George Washington had to sneeze really bad and he just grabbed the closest papery object he, he could find. That's what, that's what this makes me think of whenever they talk about all the accidental erasures. Well, that also goes for a lot of the schematics. How weird is that? That's what really bothers me. Uh, and even now, when, when you ask NASA, like, why haven't we gone back to the moon? They say, well, we don't have the technology. We don't have the technology? We have a lot of amazing things in the 21st century that we didn't have in 1969, but we don't have those schematics. We don't have those uh, blueprints. We don't have any, like, you know, it's like when a kid cheats on a test, like a math test, and you're like, oh, Billy, did you really figure this out? Show your work. And Billy can't show his work. <laughs> NASA can't show their work. They can't show us how they got to the moon. Like, oh, we knew how, but we, we, we accidentally threw it away. That's seriously the basic argument for the technology that brought them to the moon. How messed up is that? That's, uh, that's the <laughs> thing that, that weirds me out the absolute most. The, the, the lack of footage, original footage, the lack of original photos, although there are a few, uh, and the, the lack of any evidence that they had the technology to do it to begin with, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. <clears throat> the erasure of the uh, videotape is the biggest one for me. Yeah. Yeah, super weird. Uh, kind of creeps me out, to be perfectly honest. That that. Yeah, it's uh, it's odd. But well, James, do you have anything else before I start? I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I covered the stars. I covered uh, the the Van Allen belt. Yeah, I think that's really about it right now. That is odd. But before I go into the tapes, James, this week NASA announced plans to go back to the moon. In 2022. Really? 2024. 2024, you're right. Yep. They announced plans to go back to the moon in 2024. We actually tweeted about it on the 13th floor of Twitter. So if you had seen that uh, about four hours ago, <laughs> James. <laughs> um, actually, I do have one other one, though. I, I forgot about it. Um, 
you, you know, Cece, you kind of mentioned it. It's if, if you have modern news reporting where somebody in LA talks to somebody in like Vancouver, there's delays and there's, there's footage problems. This was 1969 and they were communicating with people in Houston on the moon. I am skeptical of that. That's kind of weird. That that's, I think for me, that's the one thing where I'm like, how is that possible in 1969? I'd love to know how, uh, but they, they don't have the, (laughs) they don't have the forms to show how they made that. (laughs) So the moon is 238,900 miles away from earth. Yeah. You can't walk there. That's for sure. (laughs) No, you can't walk there. But honestly, I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's like a remarkable feat of engineering to be able to do that back then. But so was broadcasting it to the entire world. Yep. You know, the entire world was watching this one broadcast. Yeah. So helping your case. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> what do you mean? How do you it was, figure? It was really re- there was a lot that they had writing on this. So there's no way in hell they would have cheated. <laughs> <laughs> filmed it in Nevada. Oh yeah, no. They and then they had a backup plan, and that's exactly what that tape that got erased was. Uh, that tape wasn't used for the footage. That tape was a backup plan in case everything else went wrong. And they never, they never banked on. They didn't bank on using that tape unless absolutely necessary. So these, the footage that they sent down was what they intended to keep, which is why that tape was never. At least to, at the time, deemed not that important was because they had the CBS broadcast, which is what they originally intended. And the quality of the broadcast was about the same, if not a little bit better than what would have been on the tape. So that's that's the explanation for why the tape went missing is because people at the time deemed it not important. Now, obviously, if that happened now, we would lose our minds. Like, who would lose the original? Yeah. You know, that's a collector's item. That, mint, that should mint be condition. in the Smithsonian. <laughs> exactly. It should be in the, in the Smithsonian, in a case, never be, not being watched because we don't want to break the tape. <laughs> yeah. It should be there, you know. As for the Van Allen belt, that that is uh, a big one that a lot of people are kind of have some trouble with. But what I found was I haven't heard anything about the wall, like it being like a wall. But I have heard about it, you know. Being able to fry an individual very quickly with lethal doses of radiation. But the cool thing is they discovered this back in the 1950s. And by doing that, they were able to prep for, they had plenty of time to prep these people. Figure out when the best time to send them is and reduce radiation. So they were able to time the Apollo launch at their with the Van Allen belt's lowest intensity hmm. because the Van Allen belt does fluctuate according to the sun's activity. Interesting. It's not this, it's not this permanent field that they have to go through. It, it changes just like the weather. Hmm. Uh, and so obviously Van Allen belt, it would be a cause of radiation sickness, which uh, usually occurs around 200 to a thousand rads of radiation. Phew. It takes a couple hours to do something like that. But the the crew, when they were within the belt, they never exceeded anything over 18 rads huh. while they were there. Uh, most likely because of A, the timing, and B, that the ship was so well insulated that they were able to keep, keep the radiation down to a minimum level so that it didn't affect the crew. Huh. 
but and there's also a, there's a cool little program. So I found a lot of my information on a website called spacecenter.co/uk, and uh, even Adam ruins everything. I, Adam, use I love Adam ruins. Yeah, everything. he. he I, I read about it, but then he really elaborated on one of the points in this that they didn't really touch on a whole lot. It even MythBusters has a whole episode dedicated to. I've seen that. Busting that, but um. There's a cool link on the spacecenter.co where you can go and you can even calculate the current Van Allen belt and get figure out what the rads are at the time and all that kind of stuff. Another one. So another James, point as to why it's true. Yes. The moon landing. <clears throat> but the the cool thing is James listed almost everything he listed except for the camera vantage point were things I had seen already. Luckily I had luckily researched. I, I researched a lot to kind of cover the field. Mm-hmm. But uh, regarding the moon landing pictures, why can't we not see the stars? Right. right? They're mm-hmm. in space. You'd think you'd be able to see exactly. stars. Have you noticed how bright the moon is that they're saying? That's a valid on? point. Yeah. Regalists are. The bright. contrast. Yeah. So the contrast between the moon and the stars, it's not only a problem back then for a camera to handle, it's a problem mm-hmm. now. That's why whenever you see a photograph of the Earth, you don't see stars around it. Ah. Because even the, even the cameras now are, have a little trouble showing stars and the Earth. Because you don't think about it, but both these objects are very bright. Hmm. Contrast, yeah. man. Yeah, so th- that's, that's something I, <laughs> I never would have thought of. But it's, uh, so f- for a lot of you, it, it's no different than... How when you go into the country, you can see stars. And then when you go to somewhere like New York City, you see significantly less or no stars. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that. Hmm. Uh, a really cool one is the shadows of the moon as well. Uh, and this this one, uh, at the Adams Ruin Everything bit kind of tapped into a little bit. Uh, so a point of contention on the moon is uh, the notice of unusual shadows. Mm-hmm. And so by that, I mean, so on Earth, the sun shines and you know exactly where your shadow is going to be based mm-hmm. on where the sun is, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're, they've got non-parallel shadows, uh, which is unusual. It's, so that's something that would usually occur if there were... It's a phenomenon that you kind of see when you're at like a play. <clears throat> Not a play, but a, yeah, if someone's on stage and they've got multiple lights over them, they have like four set shadows or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Well, the moon isn't quite like that. These are just parallel. They're non-parallel, but only to a degree where things are tilting in odd ways. Uh-huh. That would imply maybe multiple light sources or, in this case, the light bouncing off, like coming from the sun. So the light coming directly from the sun to a surface like the moon at the angle that it comes from, when they're especially when they're the way they're filming, causes... These weird shadows to happen. So, in order to recreate these on a, say, a sound stage, they would have to buy lasers, really bright lasers, mm-hmm. thousands of them. And not only back then was this remarkably expensive, they were only red at the time. So, technology back then would have been red lasers. So, the moon landing would have been red. I I mean I wouldn't put it past Project Montauk to come up with if they can if Project Montauk can bring an alien <laughs> to Earth through Demogorgon a through a portal then they can make weird shadows at Camp Hero. 
the these uh, lasers, not only are they red, but buying enough of them to create this effect would be more expensive than actually going to the moon. That's how those are some expensive yeah. lasers. That's how expensive and powerful that these lasers would have had to have been to create that much light and that kind of light from a source equivalent to the sun. <laughs> and not only that, so okay, say they wanted to spend more money than they would have going to the moon. Say that they were able to create CGI. I don't know, 30 years ahead of its time. Mm. Do you think that would be possible? Because that's the only way even now, today, I mean, ignoring CGI moves, but the only way they could do this now is if they were able to use CGI to color correct and change red into white. If they were able to do that, then they could have done yeah. it back then. Maybe. But that that technology didn't exist for... And we, we all know the military and government usually has technology years in advance but not quite like that cgi especially is not really a government funded not that we're aware of yeah that's true (laughs) the cgi is more of a entertainment created thing that's gone from to government applications um let's see what else i have shadows and allen belt be patient with me. I have All lots right. of notes. Lots of things I'm not I'm not using. Oh, yeah. So, th- this is uh, not something you argued about, but a lot of people, it's often claimed that if we really landed on the moon, it would be fairly easy for us to see evidence with a telescope that the, the you can see the footprints and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, Hubble, it's really powerful. You can see galaxies. You can spy on galaxies far away, but the resolution isn't clear enough to spot things on the moon like that hmm. why well you can see far away doesn't mean you can see crystal clear yeah, that's, a, that's a valid point. right so you know oh there's no way to prove well no you can send something else up in the space to see it so and that's exactly what they did with the lunar reconnaissance orbiter uh that was around the moon back uh, it was, i think it was around 2009 and they captured photographs of everything on there the the footprints, the the ship, I everything saw some that's pictures there. From that, yeah, and this was just a few years ago. Of course, that was after somebody probably went up there and planted it to cover their tracks. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so now you can see it using other devices. Uh, and the last thing is, well, no, this isn't the last thing, not quite. But another interesting thing is that the. The moon rock. It's been tested extensively. Not only has it been tested extensively by our government, it's been tested extensively by the Soviets. And I believe it was 30 other countries around the world that... No. Oh, sorry. I vastly understated that. That's 135 different countries around the world that the Apollo 11 mission gave... Space rocks. Gave space rocks as a gesture of goodwill. And so all of these... Well... I think all might be an overstatement, but most of them tested the moon rock and found this is valid. And that kind of brings me to another point that would seems to indicate to me that we probably did get to space. Don't you think that the cosmonauts, the people that beat us to space, the people that beat us at everything but being on the moon, don't you think that if they had any inkling of the of the moon landing being false, they would have called the U.S. out in a heartbeat? Yuri would have said, no, no. Yeah, that, that's a 
that's an interesting bit of logic. Like any of these places involved in the space race, but especially the Soviets, they they wouldn't they have called us out? That's a good point. What if they did, but we just didn't hear about it? What? Well, what if what if <laughs> their government would have gone on a broadcast calling us fake? I guess you're right. This is space race, man. This is high stakes. Yeah, but they're gatekeepers, but, man. But they have they never, and Russia has never said that the uh, moon landing was fake. And one little last bit of information. At the time of the moon landing, there was 400,000 employees at NASA. You really think they all kept their mouth shut about what happened? Mm. Unless all of them <laughs> thought it was real. <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, that's that's why, that's why I think that eh, I think the moon landing was real. And I don't think Stanley Kubrick directed yeah, the moon landing, which is a very popular theory. Either, to be honest. And it's one that prevails a lot throughout. There's a documentary called, what, Room 2... Yeah. Ah, room I'm trying to remember. 2-something. It, it, it has to yeah. do with The Shining. The room that... What are you talking about? Is. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Yeah, one of the, the whole points of room 237. Yeah, Room 237. Yeah, the, the weirdest thing about that one is they say that he was blackmailed by the government to, like, oust his brother as a commie. And it's like, he didn't have a brother... <laughs> Well, and, and people, I mean, if you watch Room 237, they break down The Shining so hard that they find all these hidden meanings in it that he is hinting to people like, hey, I did the moon landing, guys. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it's BS. Now, now, maybe he was hinting at the rumor, because I'm sure he had heard about it. And I'm sure maybe he was giving a little wink, nod, nod, maybe. Because that man was a genius. But, yeah, that's just a couple of them. Uh, there's a whole bunch of... I guess, quote unquote, proof that the moon landing. I think yeah. we went to the yeah, moon. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I was just playing devil's advocate. I think we went to the moon. Yeah, one of us did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I mean, and there there are odd things. You know, the tape getting erased is really yeah. weird nowadays. If no one, no one would get rid of an original, no matter how bad right. the quality was. Yeah. And it's a piece of history. It's a piece of history. And even then, it was a piece of history. So it yeah. is baffling. It doesn't make blueprint. any sense. And you can see the, yeah. And, and I haven't seen anything about the blueprints, uh, but I also didn't look up theories on uh, uh. why, or I guess disprovals. But the, you can tell that a lot of people are like baffled by that decision to erase the tapes because, I mean, a lot of old NASA people that were around back then, they were really upset about it. Like they, they spent, years looking for those tapes at nasa after they had retired mm-hmm. like they were dedicated it, it, it's it, it's kind of sad that that happened but that's the biggest one for me the thing that gets me is just like just thinking about what they had to do to broadcast live from the moon because as somebody who's worked in news i know how difficult it is to get you know a live shot from 30 miles away mm-hmm. like and then i think of right you know, 238 thousand miles away yeah but you're also paying that newscaster guy probably thirty thousand dollars a year he probably doesn't really care how much he hits that <laughs> thing or not <laughs> he's also he's also not making history yeah it's true but uh i think we also at least i'm guilty of this i keep undervaluing under evaluating i guess the technology of that error error oh my gosh era uh because they put satellites in space they put people in space, they put man. Some people in space. I mean, they clearly had the ability uh, to do it. I don't know. It's an interesting 
thing to think about. And I think it's, I mean, everybody loves a conspiracy. And I think that that's oh, yeah. part of the reason this one's so popular. But it's so divisive. It sure is. Yeah. It is. But it's totally true that we went there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, no, I think that's it for me. I, I, I again, I want to say it again. There, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of cool resources on, uh, this website, spacecenter.co slash UK. They've got links to all kinds of articles that delve deeper into all these topics. It's really cool. I really recommend people go there and check it out. James, do you have anything you want to uh, add? Nothing's really coming to mind. Your brother requested, right? Yes. My brother yeah. did request this topic. Man, he he got two in a row. Didn't yeah, he got he? two in a row. He wow. also submitted the simulation theory. So, all of you listeners out there, if you want to hear us talk about a specific topic, we want to talk about what you want to hear. So, submit your topic requests to us. You can do it on Instagram, Thirteenth Floor Podcast. You can email them to us, Thirteenth Floor Podcast at gmail dot com, no. or you can tweet them. What you you're giving them the wrong handle? Oh man. Our Instagram is 13th Floor Podcast. It is 13th Floor Podcast? Yes. Our Twitter is 13th Floor floor Pod. pod. So you can DM them to us on Twitter at 13th Floor Pod. And they put that in the bio. I'm going to put a link on Twitter to our Instagram. Yeah. Follow us all over the place. Tell all of your friends about our podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe so that hopefully we can reach a larger audience if if you enjoy us. Um, if you don't, then please don't leave us a review. Um, <laughs> so we are going to pick our topic for next week from our little thing full of topics. Our, we bought a vase for this purpose, and I'm still baffled by the decision, <laughs> but it is a pretty vase. Oh, it's a pretty uh, vase. Thank you. It's <laughs> Just so you guys know, speaking of space stuff, uh, Flippin' Chewbacca died. Well, this, this episode is dedicated to Peter Mayhew. Oh, oh man, we we met him over at uh, Comic Con one year. Yeah, we did. That was like a year or two ago. <sighs> All right. So, do you want to hear what we're talking about next week, James? I do. Ooh, celebrities replaced by clones. <laughs> oh <What>? wow! <laughs> this was submitted to us by my friend Kate. Huh. I've never celebrities heard of that. replaced oh, by clones. Actually, I have heard of a few of those. Okay. Yeah. So we'll figure out how to divvy up that topic and. Next week, you can listen to some celebrity gossip. Oh, wow. We're going to Hollywood next week. Yeah, going to Hollywood. Wow. (laughs) All right, guys. Our music is by Grant Cook. You can, it's called Signal. You can find him on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you can find music, really. And he just released some new music. So take a look, give him a listen. He's good. Yeah, he's very good. And until next time, you guys. Keep, Keep it, it strange. strange. <laughs> oh my gosh, we actually think of it as well. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.